Uh, Bain, we have what we hope is from day one, a very open, transparent, trusting dialogue with each of our Bainies about what, the, what do they want to achieve at Bain? What do they want to achieve post-Bain? And for some of us, you know, boomerangs, and we have lots of boomerangs who come back to Bain, the opportunity even to come back to Bain is pretty extraordinary. That's Courtney Delacava, a partner in our San Francisco office, talking about her work with Bain Career Advisory and how the firm is committed to setting people up for success, even if that means taking a career outside of Bain. I'm Keith Bevins, a partner and global head of consultant recruiting at Bain & Company, and this is Beyond the Bio. It's a podcast that shares the stories of our extraordinary people from their perspectives. You can read their bios online, but those barely scratch the surface of who they are and the important work they're doing here at Bain. Today, we'll talk with Courtney about her background, finding her way back to Bain multiple times, and her leadership at Bain in the Bain Executive Network and the Bain Career Advisory. Welcome, Courtney. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Keith. Great to be here. So, Courtney, we've known each other for a long time and have worked on the same team for, I don't know, six or seven years now in the talent management organization. But your journey at Bain starts outside of Bain and has been pretty interesting, and I want to bring people up to speed on that a little bit. So after receiving a BA from UCLA, you started your career in marketing at Hill and Knowlton, followed by a product planning and marketing role at Toyota and Lexus. Can you expand a little bit on that first part of your career journey? Sure. I was living in Madrid for my junior year abroad while at UCLA and was introduced to Hill and Knowlton, which, as you mentioned, is a global public relations and Marcom firm. Uh, I interned there, loved it, was offered a full-time role upon graduation, which I took in Los Angeles. I worked with Nintendo for many years, and then uh, I started working on the Mazda account, where I fell in love with cars and the auto industry. I loved the product. I loved as a marketer that it was a, one of the most significant financial decisions for somebody, and there was both kind of functional considerations, plus just a huge brand and emotional component. And I decided that that's what I wanted to do with my, my career. So I went to Wharton and I didn't interview. I spent the summer at Toyota Lexus in product marketing and product planning, continued on that path. I was fortunate enough to get a Ford fellowship in my second year of business school to Keio University in Japan, which again, given I was going to be in the automotive industry, took and loved. And uh, it was in Japan where I came across Bain & Company, just through network. And I hadn't thought about consulting. I didn't know Bain particularly well, but I really enjoyed the people I was meeting. They were smart. They were dynamic. They were interesting. They were interested. And based on that, I decided to interview in the fall and uh, was fortunate to have a few offers and decided to join Bain. And the rest is kind of history. Now, did you... When you were in Tokyo, do you speak Japanese? Had you spent much time in the region? You know, were you planning on living there full time after graduating from Wharton? It's a good question. The answer is no. I really just wanted to go deep in the Japanese automotive industry and wanted to be in the epicenter. And so I did it primarily thinking I was going to go back to Toyota of America. But I found Japanese to be actually a language that was quite accessible. At the time, I was a conversational between the classes in Japanese and tutors and just tons of practice. So I loved my time there. And given I thought I was going to stay in the automotive industry, thought I would return at some point in my career. And uh, I have with Bain, but not uh, as planned. 
But Courtney, as some of the people listening to this may wonder, you know, they're on that journey where they want to take that job in the U.S. city they grew up in or the U.S. city they're excited about. This is a pretty substantive detour to build the experience you need to be ready for that job upon graduation. You know, what were some of the factors that led you to make the call to spend, you know, probably, what, three months in a completely different market, in a completely different country as an investment in your future career? Boy, it's something that uh, highlights of my life and career and would recommend uh, to everyone they do. And Keith, for me, it's just been a bit of a way of life. And I lived in Mexico in high school. As I mentioned, I was in Madrid in college and then uh, went to Japan. And with Bain has afforded me the opportunity to move all over. I would recommend it to everyone, I think, for so many reasons. One, it exposes you to different cultures, different ways of thinking, different ways of working. It is incredibly humbling, the learning and growth that comes from it, the friendships, the perspectives that you gain. And with each time, each tour of duty I did abroad, the world felt a bit smaller in the most wonderful way. And probably most significantly, just you think about the relationships, right? The friendships, the relationships, personally, professionally. So would recommend it, whether it's three months, three weeks, three years. So you actually alluded to it there, but I think you worked at Bain in Los Angeles and London. But after a few years, you decided to leave to pursue other cool opportunities. When did you realize it was time to make that change and shift gears again? Well, I never was running from Bain. I think one of the things that, uh, again, Bain affords everyone is exposure to so many industries, so many different organizations, so many different geographies, to your point. Uh, And I was fortunate enough to be able to transfer to Bain, London with Bain as a consultant. And I started to work in the consumer products industry and uh, was uh, a client that I'd worked pretty extensively on approaching me about going back into a marketing role. And with the support of my Bain mentors, the office, the leadership, I carefully considered whether to take it and with the full support of Bain, I decided to go back into industry, into a role, Keith, that uh, was pretty fun. It was uh, running the filled bars for Mars. So think Snickers, Twix, and Mars bars. So candy, $500 million of just candy across multiple markets. And so it was just allowing me to take what I had learned and practiced at Bain and again, go back into industry and apply it. And it was a blast. I loved every minute. The candy industry is amazing. I spent 18 months working in it early in my career. True or false, it is remarkably difficult to not overeat candy and chocolate in meetings (laughs) if you're in the industry. True, true, true. Yeah, we had numerous incidents that are legendary, including going to probably the best trade show I've ever been to and basically adult trick-or-treating for three days. It was truly amazing. (laughs) And for Mars, they've co-located offices at the factory. So we had it straight off the line. And so all day long, you just would smell chocolate. I mean, it was it was just cruel. And so I didn't put on the Freshman 10, but I definitely put on the Mars 10. That's amazing. And you did a couple of different roles beyond Mars. I think you were Zinio and Ned Oyster. Talk about some of those roles as well. Yeah, so uh, we were living in Europe. I was working with Mars, as I mentioned, and uh, this is going to date me a bit, but uh, it will date you too because you'll remember it. There was a dot-com boom in 2000 happening in San Francisco, and uh, it was where where all the action was. I got a phone call from uh, a company called Food.com, all things food, and uh, they were looking for a head of marketing. And uh, we had been abroad for about four years, 
And I just wanted to be part of this gold rush. And it seemed so exciting. It seemed so innovative. And uh, it was a collection of old uh, marketing colleagues that formed this incubator. And so as part of that, Keith, you know, we sold a company, one, two companies died, one company got sued. So we experienced the boom and bust of the dot-com and loved it all and learned so much during that time. And then at the end of that, I was thinking about what was next. I was ready to, to probably get back into more established and I came back to Bain just to talk to friends about their thoughts on what I should do. I had a couple of opportunities and Bain said, come on back. So in 2002, you rejoined Bain at the same time I was coming back from business school. And uh, you know, I rejoined on the consulting side, but you rejoined in a little bit of a different role, right? That's exactly right. I joined in a newly created kind of hybrid role. So 50% of it was staffing, which uh, staffing ACs and uh, SACs. Uh, and professional development for that cohort. And then they created a role, which was a chief of staff role to John Donahoe, who was uh, our worldwide MD at the time, working on special projects, supporting him, supporting the leadership. And it was just a perfect blend of a role, the staffing part and investing in the local business. And as you know, Keith, the, the investment we make in all our new hires, uh, integrating staffing, professional development, feedback, coaching, all of that, I loved. Uh, and then I equally loved uh, the very, very high-level, firm-wide strategy and projects and working with uh, one of the best leaders I've ever met and had the pleasure of working with, and John. Yeah, and John, shout-out to John Donahoe. Uh, if we, This will be the first official Beyond the Bio shout-out. John was one of the early promoters and supporters of our diversity efforts inside the firm and uh, made pretty big waves uh, with some of the announcements and changes he's made to improve diversity at Nike, uh, where he's the CEO. So it's not surprising that he had that track record from back then and has continued it throughout the rest of his career, which has been awesome to watch. Awesome to watch. All well-earned. So all good things must come to at least a pause. And it sounds like in 2010, you left again. <laughs> what did you go do? I did leave again. I did. I was working on as part of the, the chief of staff and actually the staffing role, Keith, I was increasingly working on partner hiring. We, it was a time when we started to accelerate bringing folks in with expertise at the most senior levels. And I loved that. I loved the talent element going really deep on that, helping think through not just the what and how, but the who. And uh, I had an opportunity to join Russell Reynolds, which is a global search and assessment firm in San Francisco as a managing director and uh, was a focused on consumer retail and got to work with many of the industry's really best search leaders and was able to leverage my strategy background. I learned a ton. I made friends for life. But about after a year, I really missed Bain. I missed working in a team environment on clients' most strategic issues. And uh, Bain was kind enough to create a role a second time and invite me back as another boomerang. So as I piece this together for those listening, you've gotten some global experience. You've gotten some consumer products experience. You've started building businesses and playing an important role there. And it sounds like you then did search for a little while and got to see what it was like recruiting and building senior leadership teams, continuing the journey that you started working with John here at Bain in the role that you mentioned. All of those things start to come together to give you a pretty interesting perspective on leadership and leadership journeys and leadership recruiting, leadership development. What are some of the insights you've gotten from that, maybe as it relates to Bain and leadership positions? 
Absolutely. And that experience, as you said, just really going deep on the right talent to be able to execute strategies and the right talent to, and the ability. And what I learned and has been reinforced in the work I've done at Bain and kind of the whole career, and this is probably never more true, Keith, than today in today's turbulent world. But some of the leadership traits, whether you're a CEO or whether you're a head of strategy or whether you're an associate, just the core leadership traits that are needed, such as curiosity, learning agility, judgment, flexibility, the ability to elicit the best ideas from diverse teams, appreciation of stakeholder perspectives, all of those things are, have never been more important. And then I would also add uh, courage and empathy and humility are just uh, in short order and at the top of the agenda. And I think what I've seen and what I, uh, I know to be true is Bain prepares, whether you're here two years or like us, more than two decades, leaders for this incredible post-crisis turbulent world. If I think about from the minute you join Bain, exposure to different industries, the learning how we break down big problems, how we scenario plan for clients, help them manage uncertainty and ambiguity, I mean, these are the skills that companies are looking for in CEOs and just about any level. We allow folks to go deep in expertise. You know, we give them exposure to different geographies. And we usually get people the experiences they want uh, working with staffing. And I'd say really importantly, our culture teaches people how to become strong, empathetic leaders, which I mentioned is is at the top of the agenda and so needed. We see that at every level of leadership today. So I just believe that um, the Bain experience, whether it's two years, 20 years, anywhere in between, those skills, the ability to become a culture carrier of what Bain embeds in folks has never been more relevant to face the challenges ahead. Yeah, and it's funny because you see examples of sort of leaders that lack empathy or at best are tone deaf to the environment that they're operating around in the news still on a regular basis. We studied some of them when I was in business school 20 years ago, and it feels like we're continuing to create examples. And it's an important skill that I think is often overlooked as we try and learn new technology and new markets. And we just sort of forget how to connect with people as humans and lead organizations in a way that inspires people, which is something that's really important these days. You're so right. And you and I have had the privilege of being in an organization where empathy has always been core and center. So we've learned it. We've had role models. We're now hopefully role modeling it. And it has never. And as I work with clients on CEO and CXO all the way down, empathy, you know, it's the how folks, even more than what you've done, it's how you lead has become even more important. So I'd say the empathy, the humility, the ability to look in the mirror the ability to understand you don't need all the answers. It's ask the right questions and listen and lead folks. So, Courtney, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the work you're doing right now at Bain, which is, I alluded to at the top, you know, we're working together in the global talent management organizations, different corners of the same universe. But you serve a lot of different groups of people inside Bain, literally from you know the most junior consulting staff that we hire all the way to the most senior including some of our alums and our clients. You do that primarily through the Bain Executive Network and the Bain Career Advisory, in addition to the alumni group and other groups. But can you talk about the scope of your role right now and what you're doing this third time around? Hopefully this will be the last time around. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a portfolio, as you say. You know, Bain has been unbelievable. And yet again, they've created a role. I've been able to build my own Bain and customize my career multiple times. And this is no different. So as you said, I I have a bit of a hybrid role. I lead a number of groups with you in the talent management organization. And I also serve clients like you externally. But the couple of groups that you mentioned, Bain Career Advisory and Bain Executive Network, the common foundation for both is career. And the Bain Career Advisory is a group that we formalized a number of years ago to help departing Bainies and alumni Bainies with their careers. As you and I both know, you know, Bain sets you up for unparalleled career opportunities. We know that it opens doors, the experience, the skills we just talked about. And what we wanted to do is just make sure that we had a dedicated team of experienced career coaches, in addition to leadership, in addition to all the amazing resources we have to help folks both determine what they want to do and develop the path to get there. So every office has dedicated internal coaches that will help folks partner with folks who are thinking about what's next, whether again, it's two years, 20 years, 30 years to help them identify at least some criteria they want to use. Sometimes it's a specific role or company. Sometimes it's just broad networking and leading a job search to landing the role, to setting up for success through onboarding and integration. And they get wrapped up in all this with leadership team that invests and many other components. So it's a pretty special firm that invests this heavily to help folks think through and land great post-Bain careers. At what point do people tap the Bain Career Advisory? I've talked with a lot of recruits who go, wait a minute, you all talk about leaving while you're working there, even though you may not actually leave? And they're sort of stunned that not only do we talk about it, but we stood up a group to actually support people in talking about it and thinking about when is the right time to make a change or make a move. How does that work exactly? It is, uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, at Bain, we have what we hope is from day one, a very open, transparent, trusting dialogue with each of our Bainies about what, the, what do they want to achieve at Bain? What do they want to achieve post-Bain? And for some of us, you know, boomerangs, and we have lots of boomerangs who come back to Bain, the opportunity even to come back to Bain is pretty extraordinary. And so from day one, it's a customized career path and career plan that staffing obviously is heavily engaged with, their mentors, the whole team, and they can tap Bank Career Advisory at any point, not just when they've decided that it's time to leave, but it could be you know, charting a multi-year career path. And everyone has a plan, a, not just a PD plan for how to thrive and, and succeed at Bain, but beyond. And so even so, Keith, you know, in our worldwide employee survey, one of the questions we ask every Bainey is I feel supported in my long-term career aspirations and inside and outside of Bain. So from the minute you join, we are open, transparent, supportive. We want folks obviously to stay at Bain as long as they fits their career plans and their past, but we're also recognized that most do not. And so we want to be incredibly supportive about helping them think through what's next, how do you get there, how do you set up for success, and then we stay in touch. And it's not just once when you land. As alums, we do the same. Yeah, it's been funny for me because I did leave for school and came back. I also, the same week I got promoted to manager, I got an external job offer to consider leaving. It sounds like you've done it a couple of times. And we basically, in a lot of ways, added a lot more formalization and support to the conversations that pain people have been having for a really long time, which is really neat to see. What's been also 
cool for me is seeing Bain Career Advisory keep people's 10, 15 year career objectives in mind. Because it might be that the right next step is to do something outside of Bain. And it might be that the next step after that might be to come back to Bain. And that's all part of the same conversation with BCA, which is really neat. Yeah, you're so right. And also just the mindset of kind of uh, a Bainy for life. And this idea that you can, right, we don't lose touch. You're able to tap whether it's BCA, Bain Career Advisory or others. And we're here. That's exactly right. And sometimes for many, their steps involve coming back to Bain, especially once they've decided on a specific expertise or and with our practice areas, with our functional groups, there's no shortage of opportunity to go deep in a sector or a function. And then sometimes it's going back out and toggling, but everyone's journey, right? And everyone's criteria for success and satisfaction are unique. And so there's far from one size fits all. It's highly bespoke with the individual at the center. Yep. And so I'll play a little bit loose with the terminology, but if Becca had a sibling, it would be Ben. Uh, So from Bain Career (laughs) Advisory to the Bain Executive Network. Can you talk a little bit about the Bain Executive Network? Sure. The Bain Executive Network we set up uh, about nine years ago. And the inception was actually uh, started with our clients asking us for ideas of candidates. As we all know, it's the people, the leaders, the who that are just a huge results accelerator. And so our clients came to us recognizing we have a great network, we work with great talent, we have great Bainies. Many of them wanted current or former Bain talent. And we created the Bain Executive Network, which acts as an advisory group to help our clients get the right people in the right roles, often the mission-critical roles. And we support both former client executives who are thinking about their next career move, whether it's an operating role, a board role, or another role, and alumni as well. Uh, And the Bain Executive Network tends to operate more senior than the Bain Career Advisory. So think CEO, CEO minus one and two. So from a senior perspective outside of Bain, but you're also working with some of the more senior people inside Bain. And how do those conversations go? What types of roles are you helping people find through the Bain Executive Network? That's right. So we support departing partners, departing senior Bainies. The great thing about the roles, Keith, is it's the diversity of roles, right? Bainies are, generally speaking, incredibly talented, incredibly diverse. And what's been so fun is just the diversity of roles, right? Not just Fortune 500, whether it's a general manager, a CEO, a head of strategy role, but in so many smaller organizations, not-for-profit, private, where Bainies go on to have just massive impact leveraging their toolkit, the network, their talent, and their passions. So, you know, I would say there's no typical, just reflecting, I think, the diversity of interest, passions, and Bainies. And that's what's just so fun, is to see where folks go. What's even more fun is to go and see just how they go on and thrive and leverage their skills and have massive impact in everything they do. One of the things you talked about was joining Bain and joining for life. And you're talking about the roles that you play in your organization plays with people early in their career as they move into executive roles and even as alumni. So you're really covering the entire life cycle of the professional journey. Why is that special and unique to Bain? What's so dynamic is, this is your point, the intersection of all the groups, right? It's both a combination of career advisory, kind of supply of talent. We get to work with our amazing clients, corporate clients, not-for-profit, community, on the demand for talent. And what is so fun is whether you're departing a current Bainey, an alumni Bainey, a 30-year Bainey, or a three-year Bainey, the ability to 
try to match supply and demand of talent where we can, but support all the departing Bainies in particular to go achieve what they want, work with clients, organizations on identifying their needs. And in many cases, the stars align where we're able to match some of that great talent. On alumni, we are doubling down our investment in alumni, a combination of building up the team. We just brought in an outstanding head of alumni in Jen Andrasco, a former Bainey who was running alumni at UVA. The resources we're investing in between not just the career resources and career support that I just mentioned, but access to our tools, our IP, some of the directory and other infrastructure and learning opportunities and the ability for Bainies to interact with Bainies. And so we're investing massively in our alumni through the team, the resources, the programs that are coming down the pike. And so what's so exciting to me is, again, it's such a special firm. And I think I can say this having left twice and I feel still pretty objective. It's an incredibly special firm that thinks about investing in Bainies for their whole career, their whole lives from the time you join and creating an incredible experience and path while you're at Bain, and then when you leave Bain. And sometimes it involves coming back to Bain. We have a team that is focused on looking at alums to bring back into generalist consulting and functional and practice roles, as I've talked about. And then just this idea of investing for life and staying in touch for life. It's pretty rare. It's pretty special. And it's such a privilege to be part of this. One of the things I like, Courtney, when I travel literally around the world is catching up with alumni in different markets. And it's interesting because the the culture that keeps us so tight and connected and invested in each other when we're here literally just extends right through the alumni network in a way that I don't think most people fully appreciate. It's not that we're both have Bane on our LinkedIn profile. It's that we actually are part of something that's that's pretty special. Oh, you're so right. You know, we say something, and I'm sure you say this all the time in recruiting, there's a you know a core value. We talk about a Bainey never lets another Bainey fail. And it's so true. And so it extends whether, you know, in any facet of life, but this exactly what you said, it's not that it's a contract we've signed. It is just, you're part of a family. And this Bainey, and Bainey never lets another Bainey fail extends to whether you call a an alum and you just want to have an informational interview or you're new to town and reach out to a bunch of Bainies, you know, what everyone always says to us is, I always get a call back. People were so generous with their time. And it is something that I think is pretty rare, but is so true. And we are on the other side of it. When we get a call from a Bainie, we've never heard their name, don't know them. We respond. We do everything we possibly can to help. One, because people did that for us. And two, it's how we operate. So that is so true. It's a really cool thing that I don't think we talk about enough. Uh, But Courtney, I want to thank you so much for an awesome conversation today. It's great to catch up and hear more about your journey and some of the cool things that you're working on inside of Bain. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on someday to talk about whatever your latest venture is, hopefully without a departure in between. (laughs) Thanks, Keith. Pleasure being with you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Beyond the Bio. If you'd like to share a review or give us input on what you'd like to hear on the podcast, we'd really like to hear from you. Please email our inbox at beyondthebio at bain.com. We'll see you soon with some new episodes and thanks for listening.